don't know about you, but uh, when I was growing up, um, one of my uh, favourite games was Monopoly. Had nothing to do with me becoming an accountant later on, but I uh, just do find it interesting uh, how uh, th- those kind of things that get you going as a kid. You know, your uh, the series, the banker. Uh, we were kind of looking at uh, uh, ideas, things that God wanted to show us this year, as as uh, we were looking at discipleship. And so we're really continuing this series on discipleship. And uh, uh, if you uh, have, haven't spotted it so far, there's a brand new uh, reading plan uh, bookmark out. And Psalm 91 is today's reading, all about provision and protection. And, uh, you know, but we played Monopoly for endless hours. I don't know how about you, but did you get into certain games and they, they, you really get good at it? My kids hate playing against me now. Uh, they, 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 uh, they, they realize something fairly early on. You see, I like being the banker. Um, I learned this from someone else. Because the banker, you can fiddle the money. <laughs> oh, I'd never do that, would I? Being the banker gives you that unfair advantage. You slip that extra hundred or five hundred into your money in the midst of all your playing. And you know, oh, oh, we never do stuff like that, do we? We never play like that at games. Claire's sister was the worst at it. No, I mean, we joke about these things, but, you know, everyone wants to be the banker because you get to control the game even if you don't cheat. I mean, I know you can cheat, but you can control the game. And the other thing is, if you do get wiped out early, you've still got something to do. And so it's one of those games that, you know, you can, you can learn a few things from me. So... But, you know, we, I just thought, uh, so, so what does a banker mean? Well, the banker, uh, it's actually, interestingly, is someone who owns or keeps or works for the bank. Surprise, surprise. You probably knew that one. Um, it's also a guaranteed winner. If you've got a bet, none of you bet. Of course. You're redeemed people, aren't you? <laughs> There's a silence there. I thought, well, what do I do now? <laughs> but a bet, if, you, if you're uh, into betting, which I'm clearly not because I haven't got a clue about these things, but this is the dictionary said, a, a banker is a sure thing. It's a guarantee that actually it stops being gambling and actually is, uh, I may as well call it an investment. A banker is a, is a, is a gambling that is a, that's a dead cert you can't fail with. But it's also actually a fishing boat or a person that works on the banks of Newfoundland. There you go. There we go. Now you know something different. But that's interesting, isn't it? Because God's called us to be fishers of men. And uh, so a banker is someone who works the fishing lanes. They work the fishing and and then bring in the fish. So how many bankers have we got in the house? (laughs) Oh, all right. 
But it also means to bank something. You're putting something into the bank, usually savings or investments or uh, winnings or, or something like that. You're, you're banking it. You know, you, on the chat shows, uh, they, they hit the level and, they, and they, they want to bank it, don't they? You bank it with the banker and uh, hopefully you uh, get to keep that money if you bank it. There you go. So where are we going to go with this teaching series? Well, I, just, I don't know about you, but uh, you know, as I look at these things... And uh, I look at uh, the money, I look at uh, jail and go and on the Monopoly board. It, 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 it kind of sparks a few things, I don't know about you. At, uh, you know, if I've got an investment that I think you're going to like, it's going to do some stuff, isn't it? In fact, I, I, I've got a, one of those investments uh, ready for people. It's a, it's a guarantee that it's going to increase your finances. Who wants it? It's a guarantee you're going to win every time. Mm. It's a guarantee that you're going to not have a risk. Do we like that kind of, kind of investment? Sounds good, doesn't that? A risk-free, income-generating... And winning every time is the kind of investment I want. If you ever look at the stock exchange and the, and the things, there's, there's a caveat on everything. It says um, shares may go up and may go down. It's the get-out clause. Because the banker makes the money whether your money goes up or down, your shares go up or down. They win no matter what. So... I would rather be the banker, wouldn't you? I want to be the banker where I win when things are working well and when things don't appear to be working well. And you see, that's what God has got for us in our lives. The blessings of God are for us. And uh, I, I was just thinking through, you know, in Monopoly we roll the dice. And, you know, community chest, it gives you like £10 for your birthday. You think, oh, wow, until you land on Mayfair with a hotel and you're totally wiped out. And, or, uh, you know, the taxes on your houses just after you bought them. You noticed you have to buy the houses before you do the throws so that it maxes the tax income. You know, the tax man knows how to get at you. I don't like that, do you? I would rather roll the dice and then decide what I'm doing with my money, thank you very much. You know, if, if you knew that that, that uh, income, pay income tax on your houses was about to come up, would you buy the house? No. <laughs> Takes you from that winning position, wipes you out, and then you think, oh, right, okay, now how do I go? But I was just thinking about this, and, and uh, I was thinking about how much are we willing? If, if I said... I have got £10 million for you, but it's going to cost you some things. Uh, but you need to say yes first. Would you go for it? So did I see someone say yes? Okay. You, £10 million. I have got a check ready, but it's going to cost you your wife. You're going <laughs> to. Or husband. This is where we find out people's hearts, isn't it? 
It's a surefire thing. You're going to lose your kids. They're not going to want to know you very quickly. It's a guarantee you're going to lose your friends. Do you know most of the people that win the lottery lose their marriages, lose their kids, and lose their friends? How can you relate to friends, no matter how good you are with that money, if, if we're on, most of us, you know, if, if we looked around the room, the, the variance of our income is not much more. If the top earner here was on 100 or so thousand, and the lowest person was on zero, it's not, it's not very big in, uh, difference compared to the Euro Millions 100 million pound winner. Our lifestyles are not so different, no matter how little or how much we've got in here, in this church. The variance. But as soon as you've got 100 million, you earn more in one day on interest than I earn in a year. It doesn't matter. We go out for a meal together. If you don't pay and you're the winner, you're a stingy Watson. I don't want to know anymore. (laughs) But if you do pay, I'm a sponger. It changes my relationship with you, doesn't it? Your wealth, my wealth, the variance of that shifts and changes how and who we can relate to. And actually amplifies every difference between a husband and a wife and parents and kids like crazy. Because the rich try to teach their children well to not just have loads of money and think of it's worthless and they're stingy parents. Or they give them anything they want and they just spoil the kid rotten and actually they, they get into all kinds of mischief and problems. You can, there's no easy way to win. Jesus said it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. That's a kind of, ooh, don't know about this. Where are we going? Well, I just want to just talk about some of God's promises. Some of God's promises. You see... How much time are we willing to invest in our jobs and avoid our wives or husbands? Or how much time are we going to be away from our kids in order to put food on the table? It's a trade-off. This is the reality. It's a trade-off, isn't it? What we do is a trade-off of time because we can't multiply time. So I was just like, okay, so what are God's promises like? Well, okay, let me just, let me just share some of, God's, some of God's promises. Some of God's promises are, your reputation is going to be awesome. People are going to be talking about you all around the place. There's going to be people mentioning your name, not just in and around the company where you work, but around other companies are going to be talking about the way you behave. Or uh, your neighbor down the road is going to be talking about you. Or, or, or your family that's estranged. They're going to be talking about you because one of God's promises is that your reputation is going to go ahead of you. Next one. Your job is going to be good for you. This is, these are promises from God. Your job is designed by God to be a place of blessing for you and to do you good, spirit, soul, and body. 
These are some promises in the scripture that I'm going to tell you the, the scriptures after I've told you the promises. Because we'll switch off. Sometimes when we've heard something, we don't, we don't hear the word, but if we put it differently, we can then come back to the scriptures that back what I'm going to say, okay? All right? We'll just give me a little bit of latitude today to do it the other way around, okay? So, God's going to actually give you job satisfaction, and work is going to be enjoyable and a pleasure to you, and you're going to succeed, and you're going to learn. And you're going to finish the things you start, and you're going to get rewarded for your work in every area. I'm not just talking work, but the things that you do. You're going to be able to complete them on time, and you're going to be able to get rewarded. This is part of God's promise and plan for us, isn't it? People are not sure. There's no nods at all. It's like, mm, okay, all right, uh, well, okay. I'll, I'll keep going. So, uh, you're going to have a secure future. Do you know what? You've got a job this week, next month, and the month after, and the next year. God has spoken about your and my jobs, that there's never a redundancy, that there's not going to be a time when you're going to be without something to do. Wow. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Okay. Let's just go on and just, let's see if we can uh, discover uh, some other things. Okay. You're not going to have theft or destruction. The enemy, it says that he's a liar, a thief, and a killer, isn't he? Who seeks to destroy. So... There's, there's some other things, and in fact, actually, today's scripture is very out, Psalm 91. It, but uh, actually, there's a promise. So it says that uh, you're not going to have problems with theft or fraud. You're not going to have problems with industrial action. You're not going to have problems with uh, setbacks in your planning or, uh, or accidents in your workplace or in your homes. Things that try and get at you. Okay? I'm going to give you the scripture in a minute. I'm going to back this. But are you starting to recognize something here? I wonder whether you know which scripture I'm going to go for. Uh, you're not going to fire blanks. You know when you try and do something and it just doesn't work? God's promise is that you're not going to fire blanks, but when you do something, it's going to succeed. Are these premises of God or not? I'm not putting them in normal spiritual language. I'm deliberately trying to put them in a different kind of language this morning to try and get you going. Because God's releasing faith. God's releasing faith. Sometimes we have to hear it differently in order for us to recognize that we've actually not laying hold of something that God's spoken. Or an aspect of it. Okay? Uh, you're going to walk with God. In other words, that means that every time you pray, you're going to hear God. When you pick up the Bible, you're going to understand what it says. When, uh, when, when you're with someone and, and, and you think, oh, I need a word for this person, it's going to be there. 
Anyone got any idea where I'm going with this? What scripture covers all of that? Let's just turn to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi 3. And I'm starting at, uh, at uh, verse, verse uh, 6. I, the Lord, do not change. So here's the answer to all the arguments about what happens next. Okay? So you, descendants of Israel, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you've turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? In prayer and fasting. In exceeding its uh, uh, deprivation and, uh, and uh, crying out to God. He doesn't talk about that, does it? It says, will a man rob God? Wow. Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you in tithes and offerings? You're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. Hang on, that's the last promise. You'll walk with God. If there's an open heaven, there's no barrier in communication between you and God, is there? Wow. See, sometimes we have to put the promises in different lights and not just the way we're used to it. God's going to speak. I'm going to have the right words in the right time because I'm in relationship with God. There's no barrier between me and God. Open heavens. And pour out such a blessing. What does that mean? Well, that means everything you do is blessed. It's going to work. When you fire, it won't be a blank. It won't just make a noise and do nothing. If I'm blessed, then blessing will flow from me every time I do something. Blessing is where I am because I'm blessed. If the storehouse of heaven's open, if I'm in relationship with God, then everything will work. I won't fire blanks. You will not have room for it. I will expand in every way. There's going to be increase in the things that I'm doing because I have an open heaven, I'm blessed, and that blessing can't be contained by just me, so it's going to cause me to expand, and it's going to cause the things I do to expand. Where? I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. Or if you actually read it in the other things, I will rebuke the devourer. 
What does he want to do? He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. What does God say? I'm going to rebuke him. Hey, who's going to rebuke him? I'm going to have to stand in all my power and come against the enemy. No, God, tithing stops me fighting the devil. It's interesting, that. Okay, all right, maybe not. I will prevent the vines from your tree fields will not cast their fruit. I will have a secure future. You see, vines speak about provision. It speaks about an ongoing job. Here's the, you know, we're called to be gardeners. God set us in the Eden to tend the garden. He has never stopped us. He, he took us out of Eden, but he's made us work the ground. Everything we do is about working the ground. But there's a real issue. We think we don't have secure futures because we think we've got bosses that control our futures. When God says he controls our future. So there's a place, there's a workplace for me. Even if man tries to stop me working, God's going to find it for me. This is one of the promises that it's the result of a tither, tithing that makes me able to lay hold of it. I will finish things and be rewarded. All the nations are going to call me blessed. My, sorry, I missed a couple here. Your job will be good for you. It, it, it is, it, the, the, these, the jobs, the vineyard, not casting it through, then the nations will call you blessed and yours will be a delightful land. My workplace is a delightful land because of the blessing of God, because I'm tithing and doing the things that God's called me to do. That's awesome. My reputation will be awesome. The nations will talk about you. And sometimes you have to put this in a different, take scripture and paraphrase it to get your head round how this works in our generation with computers and all the rest of it. Yeah? We don't have vineyards anymore for most of us, not in the city. What do we have? We have workplaces, we have homes. You see, the vineyard didn't just speak about the, the, the workplace, it spoke about the, the actual environment, the farm that they lived on, the place that God called them to dwell in. So in, in that, every aspect of it is working. Here's just a testimony. Touched by the words of the pastors, what he said about the tithing and giving to the house. Uh, bring your old tithing to the house, and and the pastor say very like him impressed, and he say, proof, 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 your Lord, proof God with this. Bring all tidings, and I say because pastor is speaking to me in such words, I will. Uh, trust his words, so I will be hiding behind his words, and I will prove the Lord, and I will bring my tithing to WHBC. Because usually I send my tithing abroad, and as I understood, I should send my tithing straight to Jerusalem, to Israel, 
and I done it once or twice per year. But here I understood as I'm coming regular to this church, this is the house of God where I should bring my tithing. And, and when I came back after service to my house, and I just look at my income, how much income I have. And in that time, I had, I was under sick note. I did not work because a few months of sick note. And so I just counting and I see it. And the pastor say, everything what you receive, you should tidy even when you receive and you don't see it, your money. Even they are coming straight to your bank account and say, wow, they want very much in details. I've been waiting and I think another two weeks about the tithing. What the pastor say? And the, the preaching of pastors was just around my ears and I could not ignore it what Pastor Alan says about the tithing. So I decided to give my tithing to count and give from the money I receive it. But the problem was for me, I don't have now just from the money gone, my bills were paid and I received, for example, in the same period, the city council, they sent a letter to me and they told me that they cover council tax for a whole year. And next month, I see it and I recorded that my income was increased from different sources, 150 pounds. Somebody gave me in a church, somebody gave me uh, 10 pounds or one of my friends, she gave me 50 pounds. And I see that it's work, that it's work. So another month, I see it expanding. So I receive like 250 pounds more. I said, it is work, it is work. Yes. And I was very happy to tidy. So I established standing order to pay to the WHBC weekly from money words that come into my account. And I never done before this for WHBC and I never used this technique. And I'm happy because they go every week, every, actually every second week, I increase amount of tidying to sending to WHBC. And money came again and ideas came to me and I fast and pray in the, there was period of September and October and I pray and the Lord provide beautifully to my house. And I understand it's worth it. It's worth it, you know, it's worth, it's worth for me. Amazing things happen. I need to tell you that I was in a period of the sick note and I received completely healing. And two weeks after I received a vision about my business to start. And it was like one morning, Two hours, explanation, pictures before me. And I just seen it, colors, vision, place where I am, and I start my business. And the next day, I found the place of pictures from vision. I found physically the place. And the people were very happy to sign contract with me. And now I just, this is like second month, I'm running with my business. And uh, it's nice, it's progressing. I'm going step by step and I keep my vision. First, I would say, prove the Lord. It's not just something, you know, cheat God. 
uh, but this is something what the Lord he has something for me behind these words. And for me, it's important to trust my pastor uh, because he speaks the words of the Lord. Isn't that good? I mean, what uh, Victoria also told us about was uh, uh, her landlord that wouldn't fix things in her house started fixing the boiler and fixing other things in the house. It wasn't just that money came in. She began to see favour with people uh, and, and she, uh, a business, and they gave her a rent-free period and uh, just blessing after blessing coming in. And it just really got me, you know, it, God's invested in us. You see, one of the things that bothers me sometimes when I hear about tithing and, and, and is that, we, that we're going to somehow give God the tithe. And, and whereas the scripture teaches it is completely opposite, we don't, out of the harvest, bring the tithe and it becomes a holy thing. The whole harvest belongs to God... And his portion that is already holy is the tithe element. And in other words, if you don't pay the tithe, you're not allowed to keep the 90%. Because the earth's his. If I give money to you and you invest it and you do all kinds of things, whose money is it? It's mine, not yours. If God gives me something to work with, and as a result of it, I get blessed and I'm able to do stuff. It's still his money. And you see, this is, our, this is the trouble. We think because we worked that it's ours to decide what to do with. When yet the scriptures, if you read through Deuteronomy, yeah, um, if you read through that, this is the first time there's clear instructions about how to tithe 10%. How to do it quickly at different times. So sometimes it was times of the year, and other times it was when you were coming to God's presence. So there was, there was different times. There's instructions. I'm not going to go into the detail, because I've taught some of this in the past. But basically, pre the law, there was tithing. In the law, there's clear instructions of how to do it. And also penalties, if you take the tithe and you use it for other things, you actually have to pay 20% extra, a whole fifth extra. So you're not even allowed to take it because you're desperate for something else, use the tithe and go, oh, hang on a minute, I'll pay it back later. Because actually, there's a penalty. Now, we get so stuck with either one camp we're legalistic or the other camp grace abounds and nothing matters. The reality is with the word of God, with everything else, is the middle ground where we live in mercy and we have grace to do what God's called us to do. Grace doesn't mean don't tithe. Grace means your tithe is going to really Work and in fact, actually, you understand your whole life belongs to God. Tithing's just the start of you actually going, 
Jesus is really Lord of my life, and I'm not going to allow anything else to determine what happens next. I'm not going to live by the economy. I'm not going to live by the sweat of my brow. I'm not going to live by uh, what I can see. I'm going to live by the word of God for my family, for myself, and every other one of these promises, I'm not going to fire blanks. I'm not going to have a fear of my job getting lost. Tithing really sets God on the throne and recognizes it is he who gives me power to get wealth. In other words, without him, everything I do will fail. That's what tithing actually establishes in my heart. That's the reality. The biggest investment, if you knew, if you put that £100 into the lottery, and you knew, or £10, well, I don't know what the lottery money is, it's not £100, is it? Is it a pound or whatever? Anyway, I don't know. If you knew you were guaranteed £100 million, would you buy that ticket? Of course you would, because it's not gambling. The difference between gambling is you hope something might happen, but faith is sure and certain. Faith's not some gamble with God. We don't put it in thinking, I hope God's going to bless me. We put the tithe and our whole lives in because we realize he has blessed me. He is my blessing. He is my security, my health. The word that I live by, he himself is my life. But it's interesting, how does God call us to return to him? Not in praying and fasting and all these things, in giving. Why is it that Jesus sat at the temple and said, the rich man put in tithes, but the widow put in everything. We just read that this week in Luke. That's this week's reading. The widow put in everything. She, she put in out of her lack. She gave because she trusted God with her life. The rich man gave because he thought he'd done something, and he would give to God. Hang on, you can't give what already belongs to God. But if you don't give it, you don't own the 90. It's not yours. And so problems, the enemy's going to get at your finances, going to cause problems in all kinds of ways. So I just want us to respond. You know, some, many of you tithe, Okay. But this morning, are you laying hold of every one of these promises? When you put that tithe in, do you believe that the Lord is rebuking the devourer? Or are you trying to do it? When you put that tithe in, do you know my future is secure? The vine will not cast its fruit. It's not going to come to ruin. It's not going to, I'm not going to end up working all year and getting nothing. You see, that's what happens. If the vine drops its fruit, you've lost the crop. So you've lost everything you worked for. 
I mean, some of us, that's how we feel. We worked in this workplace, and they don't care about me. They don't, but the Lord does. They don't, but the Lord himself does. But are you laying hold of that? Are you laying hold of that promise? Because the promises of tithers is just the entry point for tremendous outpouring. And God says, put me to the test. My first time of seeing that uh, testimony I know that um, I, was, I, I, I heard the, it direct from, from Victoria, but I didn't actually know what she was going to say uh, when you put a camera in front of someone. Because it, it always comes out different, doesn't it? <laughs> when you try and repeat it and you think, what am I should be saying? But if you're not tithing, or you're putting your tithe somewhere else, you know, sending it home to family or to whatever else, that brings a curse into your family. God does not want that curse happening. He wants to multiply you. You won't end up with less if you bring that tithe in and really put God first rather than family first. Claire and I, there are times when we've looked at our budgets for the year and we've, we've gone, I don't get it. How can our budget work? How, how can we f- save for the future? Pension? I mean, that's non-existent. But the Lord's promise is he will look after even into my old age. So am I, am I storing up where I can't use it? Or do I put something ready to be used? You see, savings. We'll come on to all of that maybe another time. But this, I just want us in our hearts, just, are you believing God? Because I don't know about you, but I need more money. I need more blessing as as a reality. I am blessed, but I need to lay hold of what I have more. Okay? I am the issue, not God. My belief, my my, my, uh, faith. There are times when I really believe God, and we've seen... 10 grand for a new car. We've seen uh, 5,000 pounds uh, turn into 400,000 for our house when we first moved here. But that's what enabled us to uh, sell our house because the increase in our house enabled us to put a huge sum of money in for the buying a next door for Go Kids. Claire and I came to this city with nothing. We liquidated everything to move to the city. And God has blessed us, God has increased our kids. It has been incredibly sacrificial in some areas of our lives, but not, not the blessing of God, not, the, not what I've seen of God. But this church, we're a blessed church. You're a blessed people. You don't have to get blessed. You have to receive the blessing that's already yours. And today... That challenge is, are you tithing? Are you laying hold of God's promises? And if you are tithing, are you laying hold of all the promises that are linked with that? Real simple, eh? Is God Lord? Is Jesus Lord of your life? Let's just stand our feet. I don't know, just...
That word I just preached has healing. It's healing about your trust for leaders or others. Maybe, maybe I failed you as a leader. Maybe others have failed you as leaders. Maybe you've seen people operating in greed. Maybe you think we operate in greed. And maybe there's things not quite right in the church. There's no perfect church, and we are not a perfect church. I'm not a perfect leader. But do you sow to the church, or do you sow to the Lord? Do you bring your tithes to the church, or do you bring your tithes to the Lord here, in this church, in obedience? Deuteronomy is clear about whether we have choices about where the tithe goes. And God says, you bring it where I tell you, the, the temple. This is your temple. But that means a promise. This is the place where blessing has got to flow. And if you're not receiving from the word, if you're not receiving healing, then today I want you to lay hold. Not because I'm a mega man of faith or something, but I want you to lay hold. This, Father, is where the open heaven is for me. This is where you established me. This is where you planted me. This is the church in which you have called me blessed. And so I speak to every hindrance, every distraction, every way the enemy is stealing from me, and I say, the Lord rebuke you in Jesus' name. Just whatever that is in your heart, just just start to respond to God.